What is good, everyone? We are in episode number five of The Truth and Love. That's right, episode number five of season two. We are all about the New World Order of what the elites, the satanic elite, are doing. And so we have a lot to cover today, so we're definitely going to be, be going over a lot of information. Um, but we are going to talk about the Declaration of Independence before we go ahead and get into the executive orders, but we do need to credit the American Presidency Project for bringing these executive orders into view. Besides other sites, this is the main one that we use for the American Presidency Project. And of course, we're going to go over Executive Order 10999, which is Control of Commerce, 11000, which is Manpower Management, and 11001, which is Control of Health, Welfare, um, services, excuse me, and educational programs. And at the very end, we're going to go over the long-term generational wealth and that free book. And there's going to be a new information that people are going to be like, what about besides the executive orders based upon the Federal Reserve that's out in plain sight. But that being said, the Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a dissent, respect, or a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to be to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These, or excuse me, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Okay, we're coming into a time where we do need to abolish the liberal Democratic Party and the conservative Republican Party, really the whole political party as a whole, and revamp this country in an orderly fashion. Now let's go ahead to Executive Order 10999, which the title says, Assigning Emergency Preparedness Functions to the Secretary of Commerce. By virtue of the authority vested in me as President of the United States, including authority vested in me by Reorganization Plan Number 1 of 1958, 72 Stat 1799, it is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1, Scope. Secretary of Commerce, here and after referred to as the Secretary, shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering A. Development and coordination of Overall policies, plans, and procedures for the provision of a centralized control of all modes of transportation in an emergency for the movement of passenger and freight traffic of all types, and the determination of the proper appoint, port, apportionment <laughs> and allocation of the total civil transportation capacity, or any portion thereof to meet overall essential civil and military needs. B. Federal emergency operational responsibilities with respect to highways, roads, streets, bridges, tunnels, and 
Appurtenances. <laughs> Sometimes I put you these words. <laughs> Appurtenances. Highway traffic regulation. Allocation of air carrier aircraft for essential military and civilian operations. Ships in coastal and intercoastal use and ocean shipping, ports and port facilities, and the St. Lawrence Seaway, except those elements of each normally operated or controlled by the Department of Defense. Basically, that means that the Secretary of Commerce gets to control how and where the traffic moves. Letter C. The production and distribution of all materials to use of all production facilities, the control of all construction materials, and the furnishing of basic industrial services except the following. 1. Production and distribution of and use of facilities for petroleum, solid fuels, gas, and electric power. 2. Production, processing, distribution, and storage of food resources and the use of food resource facilities for such production, processing, distribution, and storage. 3. Domestic distribution of farm equipment and fertilizer. 4. Use of communication services and facilities, housing and lodging facilities, and health and welfare facilities. 5. And related distribution of minerals defined as all raw materials of mineral origin, except petroleum, gas, solid, solid fuels, and source materials are defined in the Atomic Energy Act of 1954 as amended. Obtained by mining and like operations and process through the stages specified and at the facilities designated in an agreement between the Secretary of Commerce and the Secretary of the Interior as being within the emergency preparedness responsibilities of the Secretary of the Interior and the construction and use of facilities des designated as within the responsibilities of the Secretary of the Interior. 6. Distribution of items in the supply systems of or controlled by the Department of Defense and the Atomic Energy Commission. And seven, construction and use of civil aviation facilities. Now, let's go back as to why there were seven sections to letter C of section one. Okay, well, as it says, the production and distribution of all materials, the use of product of all production facilities, the control of all construction materials, and the furnishing of basic industrial services except the following. Okay. Meaning, C is also a part of the scope, the requirements related to the Secretary of Commerce. Okay. Now, When, it, when they talk about except the following, okay, except the following means they cannot touch that stuff because it's already covered by someone else. They're only for the transactions and for the actual movement and flow of transportation. So that's why they have that say-so in that part as to why they were excluded from those seven sections of letter C of section one. Letter D, fallout forecasting based on current weather data 
Letter E, collection and reporting of census data for emergency planning purposes. So D and E are also part of the requirements of the Secretary of Commerce to be appointed to. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop, to develop a state of readiness in those areas with respect to all degrees of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. Section 2, Transportation Planning and Coordination Function. The Secretary shall develop long-range programs designed to integrate the mobilization requirements for movement of all forms of commerce with all forms of national and international transportation systems, including air, ground, water, and pipelines in an emergency. More particularly, he shall, and there is four sections, so A, B, C, and D, of transportation planning and coordination function. So this is how it's going to work. So A is resources and requirements, B, economic projections, C, passenger and cargo movement, D, emergency transportation functions. Okay, let's go over A, resources and requirements. Obtain, assemble, and analyze and evaluate data on the requirements of all claimants for all types of civil transportation to meet the needs of the military and of the civil economy. Consolidate, evaluate, and interpret both current and projected resources and requirements data developed by all federal agencies concerned with moving passengers or cargo by all modes of transportation for the purposes of initiating actions designed to stimulate government and industry actions to improve the peacetime structure of the transportation system for use in an emergency. So, that means they get to control everything of how the traffic is going to move and who has way for what. Meaning, who has way to go ahead first. Economic projections. Letter B. Conduct a continuing analysis of transportation problems and facilities in relation to long-range economic projections for the purpose of recommending incentive and or regulatory programs designed to bring all modes of transportation in balance with each other with current economic conditions, projected peacetime conditions, and with emergency conditions. So basically having an economic projection of what they see could happen based upon what is happening and giving a report upon that. Letter C, passenger and cargo movement. Okay, develop plans and procedures which would provide for the central collection and analysis of passenger and cargo movement demands of both shipper and user agencies as they relate to the capabilities of various transport modes in existence at the time. Control or delegate control of the priority of movement of passengers and cargo for all modes of transportation by mode or within a mode. Develop policies, standards, and procedures for emergency enforcement of controls through the use of means such as education, incentives, embargoes, permits, sanctions, clemency, policies, and so on. Okay, so that means they have control over all the passengers that come through. They also have a control over the cargo that's moved in and out through everywhere, no matter what it is. And letter D, emergency transportation functions. In connaissance with plans developed by other agencies assigned operational responsibilities in the transportation program, develop plans for and be prepared 
to provide the administrative facilities for performing emergency transportation functions when required by the president. Okay, this basically is saying that the president is in control in a way, but it's more of a control of the elites through FEMA, how they're describing it, really. Reason why they say that is because that when they put when required by the president, okay, they have advisors and the Federal Safety Council, which we went over. All right. Now, section three, we went over the Federal Safety Council on a different executive order. It's a previous one. So go back to it if you didn't listen. Anyway, section three says transportation operations planning functions. The Secretary shall develop plans and procedures in connaissance with international treaties and in cooperation with other federal agencies, the states, and their political subdivisions, too. Okay, this is where it gets to the nitty-gritty of around the world and how they'll control it this way. Highways and streets, letter A. Adapt and develop highway and street systems to meet emergency requirements and provide procedures for the repair, restoration, improvement, revision, and use as an integral part of the transportation system in an emergency. Letter B, ocean shipping and ports to plan for the operation and control of federal activities concerned with and with ocean shipping and ports. There is seven sections. Okay, so let's go over the first one, shipping allocation. Allocation of merchant shipping to meet all national requirements, including those for military, foreign assistance, and emergency procurement programs, and those essential to the civilian economy. The term merchant shipping and the term ocean shipping, as used herein, include all coastwise and intercoastal and Great Lakes shipping expects that solely engage in the transportation of passenger and cargo between United States ports. Okay. That's just meaning to gain an idea of the data that's come through. Allocating, looking into all the ships that come through. Number two, ship acquisition. Provision of ships for ocean shipping by purchase, charter, or requisition by breakout from the National Defense Reserve Fleet and by construction. Pretty, pretty simple. Number three, operations. Operation of ocean shipping directly or indirectly. That's just straightforward. Number four, traffic control. Provision for the control of traffic through port areas to assure an orderly and Continuous flow of such traffic. The term port areas or area, as used herein, includes any zone contigu contiguous to or associated in the traffic network of an ocean or Great Lakes port or outport location, including beach loading sites, within which facilities exist for the tr transshipment of persons and property between domestic carriers and carriers engaged in coastal, intercoastal, and overseas transportation. Okay, again, that's just the, talking about the control of the traffic. That's just a more narrowed down view of to how it's looking for the traffic control. 
Traffic priority, number five, administration of priorities for the movement of, the, of traffic through port areas. Pretty straightforward. As their priority are the big port areas. And ports don't just mean the coast. Port allocation. So port allocation is just going to be like ship allocation. But port allocation says allocation of available ports and port facilities to meet the needs of the nation and our allies. The term port facilities, as used here, and includes all port facilities, including the Great Lakes port equipment, including harbor craft and port services normally used in accomplishing the transfer or interchange of cargo and passengers between ocean-going vessels and other media of transportation or in connection there within. Again, same thing as shipping allocation. So just think of it the same way, just at the ports. And seven, support activities. Performance of supporting activities needed to carry out the above functions, such as ascertaining national requirements of ocean shipping, including those for military and other federal programs, and those essential to the civilian economy, maintenance, repair, and armoring of ships, recruitment, training, and assignment of officers and seamen, procurement, warehousing, and issuance of ship stores, supplies, equipment, and spare parts, supervision of stevedoring and bunkering, management of terminals, shipyards, and other facilities, and maintenance, restoration, and provision of port facilities. Okay? That's saying we control even the activities of what everybody's doing. So down to the last minutiae detail is exactly what they're going for. Now, letter C of section three. All right, letter C, air carrier civil air transportation. Develop plans for a national program to utilize the air carrier civil air transportation capacity and equipment both domestically and internationally in an international emergency, particularly in the following areas concerned with. So not only are they looking at trying to ship us out, but fly us out. <laughs> yeah. One, requirements. Obtaining from the Department of Defense, Civil Aeronautics Board, or other agencies and analyzing requirements for the services of aircraft, or excuse me, of air carrier aircraft for essential military and civilian use. Allocations, or excuse me, allocation. Allocation of air carrier aircraft to meet the needs of the Department of Defense for Military Operations and the Civil Aeronautics Board for essential civilian needs. Basically saying, yeah, we're going to really get you. We're going to put you in these concentration camps and some of you will kill right, right away there. Some of you will see how long and others we're going to ship out and then we're going to go from there. So section four, production functions. Within the areas designated in Section 1C hereof, the Secretary shall A. Requirements B. Resources C. Priorities and Allocations D. New Construction E. Industry Evaluation F. Production Capability G. Stockpiles H. Essential Activities I. Financial Aid J. Salvage and Rehabilitation So let's go over those. So A. Requirements Periodically, assemble, develop as appropriate, and evaluate estimated requirements for assigned resources and services, taking into account the estimated needs for military, civilian, and foreign purposes. Such evaluation shall take note, shall take into consideration geographical distribution of requirements in emergency. 
So basically saying from time to time, we're just going to um, make sure our, our stuff is good and all good to go whenever we want to check up on it. B, resources. Periodically assesses assigned resources available from all sources in order to estimate availability under an emergency situation. Analyze resource estimates in relation to estimated requirements in order to identify problem areas and develop appropriate recommendations and programs including those necessary for the maintenance of an adequate mobilization base. Provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resource evaluation purposes of the Office of Emergency Planning. So that's a little more blatant there at what they're talking about, <laughs> especially when they say provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resource evaluation purposes. Like, <laughs> they're basically saying, yeah, um, before and after our attacks, whether it's on our own people or whether it's on an enemy, whichever, we don't know. <laughs> By use of all resources under their so-called emergency situation. Letter C, priorities and allocations. Develop priorities, allocation, production, and distribution control systems, including provisions for other federal departments and agencies, as appropriate to serve as allotting agents for materials made available under such systems for construction and operation of facilities assigned to them. Okay, that means just... Uh, like Santa Claus does, it's got a list, got to check it twice. Got to find out who's naughty or nice. <laughs> For real, that's how the list is going to be. If you're nice, you're on the list. If you're naughty, you're going to die. That's how it is with them. Now, new construction, letter D. Develop procedures by which new production facility construction proposals will be reviewed for appropriate location in the light of such area factors as locational security, Availability of labor, water, housing, and other requirements. Meaning they get to have control of even the new stuff that comes out. Letter E, industry evaluation. Identify and rate those products and services and their producing and supporting facilities, which are of exceptional importance to mobilization readiness, national defense, or post-tax survival and recovery. So they're talking about we get to evaluate anytime, any place, anywhere to evaluate what's going on exactly. Production capability, letter F. Analyze potential effects of attack or, or excuse me, analyze potential effects of attack on actual production capability, taking into account the entire production complex, including storages, including shortages of resources and conduct studies as a basis for recommending pre-attack measures that would strengthen capabilities for post-attack production. Basically saying, we're going to attack our own people too, just so that way, you know, we can see what happens if anybody tries to attack and see what we can do to prevent that. <laughs> All right, letter G, stockpiles. Assist the Office of Emergency Planning in formulating and carrying out plans for stockpiling of strategic and critical materials and essential survival items. Stockpiles. They have control of that. Letter H. Essential activities. Maintain lists of activities essential to defense production and to minimum requirements of the civilian economy. Such lists to be used in conjunction with lists of critical occupations. 
Pretty self-explanatory there. Letter I, financial aid. Develop plans and procedures for financial aids and incentives, including credit assistance for to producers, processors, and distributors to, of those industries included in Section 1C hereof who might need such assistance in various mobilization conditions, particularly those resulting from attack. Basically, if something is attacked, which is what they're looking at because they're trying to do a takeover, they will provide financial assistance to, appropriately to their locations. So they're always going to be covering themselves. Letter J, salvage and rehabilitation. Develop plans for the salvage of stocks and rehabilitation of assigned products and facilities after attack. So again, just the rebuilding after you, you hit them. So it's like you got to hit them where it hurts. Section five, economic stabilization. Secrecy shall cooperate with the Office of Emergency Planning in the development of suitable economic stabilization measures, providing continuing guidance to the states, their political subdivisions, manufacturers, processors, and the public on the use and conservation of essential commodities in an emergency, including rationing. Basically saying, we get to control the stabilization of what goes on with the people. Section 6. Cooperation with Department of Defense in consonance with National Civil Defense Plans, Programs, and Operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952. Secretary shall letters A, B, C, D, and E. Okay, letter A is facilities protection, B, public roads control, C, weather function, D, monitoring, E, damage assessments. Okay, A, facilities protection. Provide industry protection guidance materials adapted to the needs of assigned facilities and promote national program to stimulate disaster preparedness and control in order to minimize the effects of overt or covert attack and to maintain cont continuity of production and capacity to serve essential users in an emergency. Guidance shall include, but not limited to, organizing and training facility personnel, personnel shelter, evacuation plans, records protection, continuity of management, emergency repair, deconcentration or dispersal of critical facilities and industrial mutual aid associations for emergency. Huh. So that means that they're even going to have a protective layer on top of rebuilding what these potential attacks they're talking about. Letter B, public roads control. Develop plans for a national program in cooperation with all federal, state, and local government units to other agencies concerned for technical guidance to states and direction of federal activities relating to highway traffic control problems which may be created during an emergency, and plans for barricading and or marking streets and highways leading into or out of restricted follow areas for the protection of the public by external containment of traffic through hazardous areas, saying that they get to control the public roads. <laughs> Letter C, weather function. Prepare an issue currently as well as in an emergency. Forecast and estimates of areas likely to be covered by fallout in an event of attack and make this information available to the federal, state, and local authorities for public dissemination. Basically, they have control of the public and what's happening with the movement of it that they're saying, oh no, this is not weather. No, it's what happens if we're attacked by these potential attacks <laughs> again talking about it it's not talking about the weather it's just they're stating that just 
to throw people off. Uh, letter D, monitoring. Provide for the detection, identification, monitoring, and reporting of chemical, biological, and radiological agents at facilities operated or control, controlled by the Department of Commerce. Okay, even spying on their own location to see if anybody's going to their locations and doing damage. Damage assessment, maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack on assigned resource areas and departmental installations, other facilities. And maintenance, restoration, and provision of port facilities, meaning we get to assess how much the damage is, we get to cover it, we also have a shield over it, we also get to keep building when we're attacked, it goes on and on. <laughs> Alright, so we're now on section 7, claimancy. The secretary shall prepare plans to claim supporting materials, manpower, equipment, supplies, and services which would be needed to carry out assigned responsibilities and other essential functions of the department from the appropriate agency and shall work with such agencies in developing programs to ensure availability of such resources in an emergency. That means they get to have a claim to what they do. Section 8, Census Data. The Secretary shall provide for the collection and reporting of census information on the status of human and economic resources including population, housing, agriculture, manufacture, mineral industries, business, transportation, foreign trade, construction, and governments as required for emergency planning purposes. They get to have all the data as well on top of all those industries. Section 9, Research. Within the framework of federal research objectives, the Secretary shall supervise or conduct research in areas directly concerned with carrying out his emergency preparedness responsibilities, designate representatives for necessary ad hoc or task force groups, and provide advice and assistance to other agencies in planning and for research in areas involving the department's interests. Basically, their R&D section, research and development, as in, we're watching you, we're going to see what you're doing, and we're going to provoke you to attack, and we're going to make it look like we were actually attacked and then come in looking like heroes. Problem, reaction, solution. Section 10, functional guidance. All right. The secretary in carrying out the functions assigned in this order shall be guided by the following. Letters A, B, and C. A is interagency cooperation. The secretary shall assume the initiative in developing joint plans for coordination for the coordination of transportation and production programs which involve other departments and agencies which have responsibilities for any segment of such activities. He shall utilize for to the maximum those capabilities of other agencies qualified to perform or assist in the performance of assigned functions by contractual or other agreements. Okay, This is basically saying that they can talk to whoever they want. Presidential Coordination Letter B the Director of the Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under this order with the Total National Preparedness Program, saying, we, we control the President as well. If not, he's going to be the Antichrist. That's where it's headed. One or the other. Letter C, Emergency Planning. Emergency plans and programs and emergency organization structure required thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of the Department of Commerce on the basis that it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during an emergency. The Secretary shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organizational changes, changes based on emergency conditions, 
will be in accordance with policy determination by the president. <laughs> so they're just saying, yeah, even though we control the president, we're going to make him think he has control. But even though we're the ones that are in control and we're just telling him to, what to do and he just says to do it. Uh, section 11. <laughs> Emergency actions. Nothing in this order shall be construed as conferring authority under Title III of the Federal Civil Defense Act of 1950 as amended or otherwise to put into effect in any emergency plan, procedure, policy, program, or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the president. <laughs> there's, putting it, there's putting that little uh, double tap on there, you know, like <laughs> Zombieland got a double tap. <laughs> Double tap the president, you know. So section 12, redelegation. The secretary is hereby authorized to redelegate within the Department of Commerce the functions here and above assigned to him. Yeah, they get to redelegate who goes where, however they say fit. And of course, last section 13, prior action. To the extent of an inconsistency between the provisions of any prior order and the provisions of this order, the latter shall control. Emergency preparedness order number two, heretofore issued by the director, Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, 26 FR 653-654, is hereby revoked. Signed, John F. Kennedy, the White House, February 16th, 1962. Yeah, this is one of the, there's, there's a list of, emergent, of uh, executive orders signed all on the same day. Very coincidental. <laughs> Not really, because the next one we're going to go on to, Executive Order... 11,000, okay, that was written and signed the same day, well, maybe not written the same day, but signed the same day, as well as the next one, 11,001, but let's go ahead and go to 11,000, okay, this one is assigning emergency preparedness functions to the Secretary of Labor, they're getting it all covered, <laughs> section one, scope, the Secretary of Labor, here and after referred to as the Secretary, shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering the civilian manpower, mobilization, more effective utilization of limited manpower, resources including specialized personnel, wage and salary stabilization, worker incentives and protection, manpower resources and requirements, skill development and training, research, labor management relations, and critical occupation. Critical op occupations, excuse me. <laughs> these plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in these areas with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. <laughs> all right. Section two are the functions. All right, let's go, go get into them. We have letter A that has actually four sections. Then we have letter B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I, as well as J. So let's go into their actual functions, which is A, civilian manpower mobilization. Develop plans and issue guidance designed to utilize to the maximum extent civilian manpower resources, such plans Guidance to be developed with the active participation and assistance to the states and local political subdivisions thereof, and of other organizations and agencies concerned with the mobilization of the people of the United States. Such plans shall include, but not necessarily be limited to, 
one. One of four, manpower management, recruitment, selection, and referral, training, employment, stabilization, including appeals, procedures, proper utilization, and determination of the skill categories critical to meeting the labor requirements of defense and essential civilian activities. Two, priorities, procedures for translating survival and production urgencies into manpower priorities to be used as guides for allocating available workers. Three, national guidance. Technical guidance to states for the utilization of the nationwide system, public employment offices, and other appropriate agencies for screening, recruiting, and referring workers, and for other appropriate activities to meet mobilization and civil defense needs in each community. And four, improving mobilization base. Programs for more effective utilization of limited manpower resources and in cooperation with other appropriate agencies. Programs for recruitment, training, allocation, and utilization of persons possessing specialized competence or aptitude in acquiring such competence. So this is their version of mind control through labor force that they're really implementing. Letter B, wage and salary stabilization. Develop plans and procedures for wage and salary stabilization and for the national and field organization necessary for the administration of such a program in, in an emergency including investigation, compliance, and appeals procedures, statistical studies of wages, salaries, and prices for policy decisions, and to assist operating stabilization agencies to carry out their functions. They get to control how people are paid. Letter C, worker incentives and protection. Develop plans and procedures for wage and salary compensation and death and disability compensation for authorized civil defense workers and, as appropriate, measures for unemployment payments, re-employment rights, and occupational safety, and other protection and incentives for the civilian labor force during an emergency. D. Resources. Periodically assess, assesses manpower resources in total by specific skills, categories, and occupations and by geographical locations in order to estimate availability under an emergency situation, analyze resource estimates in relation to estimated requirements in order to identify problem areas and develop appropriate (laughs) recommendations and programs, provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resource evaluation purposes of the Office of Emergency Planning. So far as what they're saying, they have control of who gets to be who gets to work for them and who doesn't and how they're paid and really how they're placed requirements develop in coordination with manpower usage agencies plans procedures and standards for presenting claims for civilian manpower periodically obtain and analyze or make estimates of requirements for manpower in total and by specific skill categories and occupations currently and for emergency. Taking into account the estimates of needs for fam or for military, excuse me, and civilian purposes, and advise other agencies on the manpower implications of alternative program decisions, such evaluation shall take into consideration the geographical distribution of requirements under emergency conditions. Basically, the requirements are to hold control and power over the labor force. Claimancy, letter F. 
excuse me, prepare plans to claim materials, equipment, supplies, and services needed in support of assigned responsibilities and other essential functions of the department from appropriate agencies and work with such agencies in development programs, okay, to ensure the availability of such resources in an emergency. Okay, that's just their way of saying that we have our right to claim to what we're doing for our work. Letter G, skill development and training. Initiate current action programs to overcome or offset present or anticipated manpower deficiencies, including those identified as a result of resources and requirement studies. They're in control of how the people progress. Letter H, labor management relations. Develop after consultation with the Department of Commerce, the Department of Defense, the National Labor Relations Board, the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service, National Mediation Board, and other appropriate agencies and groups, including representatives of labor and management, plans and procedures, including organization plans for the maintenance of effective labor management relations during a national emergency. And that's how they get to really control, because they get to talk with all those different boards. Letter I. Damage assessment. Maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack upon manpower resources, departmental installations, and state employment security agencies, both at national and field levels, and provide data to the Department of Defense. Self-explanatory. Critical occupations. Develop and maintain a list of critical occupations for use when appropriate, with lists of essential activities as developed by the Department of Commerce. The Secretary of Defense, Director of Selective Service System, such other persons as the president may designate, secretary shall develop policies applicable to the deferment, or excuse me, the deferment of registrants whose employment and occupations or activities is necessary to the maintenance of the national health, safety, or interest. So they get to take anyone that they want to use for any of their interests. Section three, research. Within the framework of federal research objectives, supervise or conduct research directly concerned with carrying out emergency preparedness responsibilities. Designate representatives of, for necessary ad hoc or task force groups and provide advice and assistance to other agencies in planning for research in areas involving the department's interests. Okay, it's the same thing as the other executive orders, just relay that. And if you haven't heard the other ones, just go back to the, just listen to the other executive orders. You need to. Section four, functional guidance. The secretary in carrying out the functions assigned in this order shall be guided by the following letters A, B, and C. A, interagency inter, <laughs> inter cooperation. <laughs> the secretary shall assume the initiative in developing overall civilian manpower mobilization programs and, and in coordinating the programs of other departments and agencies which have responsibility for any segment of such activities. I shall utilize to the maximum those capabilities of other agencies qualified to perform or assist in the performance of signed functions by contractual or other agreements. Such programs shall be in connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs and operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number. 10952. <clears throat> Basically, they get to uh, go do what they want. Letter B is presidential coordination. Director 
of the Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under this order with the Total National Preparedness Program. And letter C, emergency planning. Emergency plans and programs, emergency organization structure required thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of the Department of Labor on the basis that it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during an emergency. Secretary shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organizational changes based on emergency conditions will be accordance with the policy determination by the president. So they're saying we control the president. We're great. We let him think he has control, but really he doesn't. And we're going to section five, emergency actions. Nothing in this order shall be construed as conferring authority under Title III of the Federal Civil Defense Act of 1950, as amended or otherwise to put into effect any emergency plan, procedure, policy, program, or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the president. Okay. Again, just putting that little cherry on top. And of course, Section 6, redelegation. Same thing, the Secretary is hereby authorized to redelegate within the Department of Labor the functions here, here and above assigned him. Section 7, prior actions, same, but a little bit changed up. To the extent of an inconsistency between the provisions of any prior order and the provisions of this order, the latter, latter shall control emergency preparedness order number 8 there. Heretofore issued by Director, Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, 26FR 660-661, is hereby revoked. Signed, John F. Kennedy, February 16, 1962. And now is Executive Order 11001. Assigning emergency preparedness functions to the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare. Now, by virtue of the authority vested in me as President of the United States, including authority vested in me by Reorganization Plan Number 1 of 1958, is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1. Scope. Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare, here and after referred to as the Secretary, shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering health services, civilian health manpower, health resources, welfare services, and educational programs as defined below. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in these areas with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States. Section 2, Definitions, as used in this order. Letter A, Emergency Health Services. Means medical and dental care for the civilian population in all of their specialties, and adjunct therapeutic fields, and the planning, provision, and operation of first aid stations, hospitals, and clinics. Preventative health services, including detection, identification, and control of communicable diseases, their vectors, and other public health hazards, inspection and control of purity and safety of food, drugs, and biologicals, food and milk, sanitation, public water supplies, sewage and other waste disposal, registration and disposal of the dead, prevention of alleviation of water pollution, vital statistics services. Before I move on to that, registration and disposal of the dead. <laughs> That's very convenient for them there. Uh, preventative and curative care related to human exposure to radiological, chemical, and biological warfare agents, and rehabilitation and related services for disabled survivors. It shall be understood that health services for the purposes of this order do not encompass the following areas for which the Department of Agriculture has responsibility, plant and animal diseases, pest prevention, control and eradication, 
protection of meat and meat products, and poultry and poultry products in establishments under continuous inspections, serviced by the Department of Agriculture, Veterinary Biologicals, Agricultural Communities, or Agricultural Commodities, and products owned by the Commodity Credit Corporation or the Secretary of Agriculture, Livestock Agricultural Commodities owned or harvestable on farms and ranches, agricultural lands, and registration of pesticides. Basically, that says they have control of the entire health services under the Secretary. Letter B, health manpower, means physicians, including osteopaths, dentists, sanitary engineers, registered professional nurses, and such other occupations as may be included in the list of health manpower occupations issued for the purposes of the executive order by the Director of the Office of Emergency Planning after agreement by the Secretary of Labor and the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare. That means that they have the manpower to do what they're doing with the people that they have already established. Letter C, health resources, means manpower, material, and facilities required to prevent impairment of, improve, and restore the physical and mental health conditions to the, of the civilian population. The resources, the places, and what they got, what they own. Letter D, emergency welfare services means feeding, clothing, housing, or lodging in private and congregate facilities, registration, locating and reuniting families, care of unaccompanied children, the aged, handic the handicapped, and other groups needing specialized care or service, necessary financial or other assistance, counseling and referral services to families and individuals, aid to welfare institutions under national emergency or post-attack conditions, and all other feasible welfare aid and services to people in need during a civil defense emergency. Such measures include organization, direction, and provision of services to be instituted before attack in the event of strategic or tactical tactical evacuation and after attack in the event of evacuation or of refugee and shelters. Meaning, they get to control the population. Letter E, education. As used in this order means the utilization of formal public and private school systems from elementary through college for the dis dissemination of instructional material guidance and training in the protection of life and property from enemy attack. Meaning they get to then control children even more on what they learn. Section 3, Health Functions. With respect to emergency health services as defined above and in connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952, the Secretary shall A. National Program Guidance develop plans and issue guidance designed to utilize the maximum extent the existing civilian health resources of the federal government, and with their active participation, assistance, and consent, the health resources of the states and local political subdivisions thereof, and other civil civilian organizations and agencies concerned with the health of the population under all conditions of national emergency, maintain relations with health professionals and institutions to foster mutual understanding of federal emergency plans which affect health activities. Now, national program guidance means that they get to explicitly control how the entire population is going to move forward. Letter B of Section 3, professional training. Develop and direct a nationwide program to train health manpower both in professional and technical occupational content and in civil defense knowledge and skills. Develop and distribute health education material for inclusion in the cri 
curricula of schools, colleges, and professional schools, government schools, and other educational facilities throughout the United States. Develop and distribute civil defense information related to health services to states, voluntary agencies, and professional groups. Which is letter B is how it says professional training. So they're going to be training people exactly how they want them trained. Letter C, emergency water supply. Prepare plans to assure the provision of useful public water supplies for essential community uses in an emergency. This shall include inventory, existing supplies, developing new sources, performing research, setting standards, and planning distribution. In carrying on these activities, the department shall have primary responsibility, but will make maximum use to the resource or maximum use of the resources and competence of state and local authorities and of other federal agencies. That means they get to control the water supply. D, radiation. Develop and coordinate programs of radiation measurement and assessment as may be necessary to carry out the responsibilities involved in the provision of emergency health services. They control radiation. E, biological and chemical warfare. Develop and coordinate programs for the prevention, detection, and identification of human exposure to chemical and biological warfare agents as may be necessary to carry out the responsibilities involved in the provision of emergency health services, including the provision of guidance and consultation to federal, state, and local authorities on measures for minimizing the effects of biological or chemical warfare. Okay. Letter F. As letter E, biological and chemical warfare... That's the whole reason why they have this executive order enacted into this so-called lockdown. Letter F, though, is food, drugs, and biologicals. Plan and direct national programs for the maintenance of purity and safety in the manufacture and distribution of food, drugs, and biologicals in an emergency. They get to control the food, drugs, and biologicals. Disabled survivors, letter G. Prepare national plans for emergency operations of vocational rehabilitation and related agencies and for measures and resources necessary to rehabilitate and make available for employment those disabled persons among their surviving population. Basically saying that those that actually are not going to be a part of what we're doing, we're going to force you into what we're doing one way or another, or we're going to kill you. Letter H, salvage and rehabilitation. Develop plans for salvage of supplies and equipment and rehabilitation of health services, supplies, and facilities after attack. Basically means that we get to salvage anything as much as possible and rehabilitate everything, everybody that comes through on that. <clears throat> Section 4, Welfare Functions. With respect to emergency welfare services as defined above, and in connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense, under Executive Order Number 10952, the Secretary shall A. National Program Guidance Develop plans and issue guidance for, in, in, for an integrated and national program for emergency welfare services and working with other federal departments and agencies. Provide for extending guidance and technical assistance to state and local welf welfare departments in the development and operation of their plans for the Community Organization of Emergency Welfare Services. Again, directing at exactly how the population is going to go. B, federal support. Cooperate in the development of federal support procedures through joint planning with other departments and agencies, including but not limited to the Post Office Department, Department of Labor and the Selective Service System, the Housing and Home Finance Agency, and resource agencies, including the Department of Agriculture, 
Department of the Interior, and the Department of Commerce for logistic support of state and community welfare services in an emergency. That's their, basically their backup. Letter C, emergency welfare training. Develop and direct a nationwide program to train emergency welfare manpower for the execution of the functions set forth in this order. Develop welfare educational materials, including self-help program materials for use with welfare organizations and professional schools and develop and distribute civil defense information relative to emergency welfare services to states, voluntary agencies, and professional groups. Also, mind controlling the population on top of that. Letter D, financial aid, develop plans and procedures for financial assistance to individuals in injured or in want as a result of enemy attack and for welfare institutions in need of such assistance in, the, in an emergency. So they're taking care of their people as well as the people that they control. And letter E, professional liaison or liaison, maintain relations with national voluntary welfare organizations and related national professional and business organizations to foster mutual understanding and support of emergency welfare plans and activities. And with that, folks, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come right back with a word from our sponsor. And we're going to finish up on the rest of this executive order and then go over long-term generational wealth. Stay tuned, everyone. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We do appreciate you all staying tuned in and listening to this awesome free information that we always love giving out to everyone. But let's go ahead and continue on with our executive order. So section five, education, excuse me, education functions with respect to education as defined above and in consonance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense under executive order number 10952, the secretary shall develop and issue through appropriate channels instructional materials and provide suggestions and guidance to assist schools, colleges, and other educational agencies to incorporate emergency protective measures and long-range civil defense concepts into their programs. This involves assistance to various levels of education to develop an understanding of the role of the individual, family, and community for civil defense in the nuclear age, as well as the maintenance of relations with educators, national and state education associations, foundations, and other related organizations to foster mutual understanding and support of civil defense activities. Basically, that says that we're going to control you even further, so, excuse me, so that way if anything happens in the future, all the people that are being trained are going to do what we say anyway. Section 6. Facilities Protection and Damage Assessment In connaissance with the National Civil Defense Plans, Programs, and Operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952, the Secretary shall Letter A. Facilities Protection Provide industry protection guidance material health, welfare, and education facilities and promote a national program to stimulate, guide, and assist facilities at, such as hospitals, clinics, public water plants, water disposal plants, and facilities for other emergency health services, welfare institutions, and schools in methods of disaster preparedness and control in order to minimize the effects of over or covert attack and maintain continuity of capacity to serve the public in an emergency. Guidance and assistance shall include, but not limited to, organizing and training facility employees, employee shelter, evacuation plans, records protection, continuity of management, emergency repair, deconcentration of or dispersal of facilities and the organization of mutual aid asso associations for emergency. Okay, this was going on to previous the previous um, podcast that we did. Actually, has the same exact information that they transfer from document to document. A lot of it's the same. It's basically their way way of saying 
if any liability happens to us, we're not at we're not to blame for it. <laughs> so that way nothing hits them and they look like heroes and do the problem reaction solution. Letter B, damage assessment. Maintain a capability to assess the effects of attack on health, welfare, and education facilities and personal and personnel, both at national and field levels, and provide data to the Department of Defense. Yes. Even assess on the damage, again, which is from previous executive orders that they added in there. Section 7, Resources. The Secretary shall periodically assess assigned resources available from all sources in order to estimate availability under an emergency situation, analyze resource estimates in relation to estimated requirements in order to identify problem areas and develop appropriate recommendations and programs, provide data and assistance before and after attack for national resource evaluation purposes of the Office of Emergency Planning. Basically saying the same thing as previous executive orders where they will go ahead and collect as much data as possible about whether a problem has happened or whether it has not happened and make evaluated situations either way from their resources. Section eight, relative urgencies. The secretary shall develop standards and relative urgencies for emergency health and welfare services for guidance of federal agencies, states, and communities in providing maximum protection to survivors. And for the purpose of conserving Improving availability, allocating, and uh, allocating such resources. Excuse me. This is so that way, if anything happens, and communities in providing maximum protection to survivors, we're going to protect it all. You can't do nothing. That's what they're saying. Section nine, requirements. Secretary shall shall periodically assemble, develop, and as appropriate and evaluate requirements for assigned resources and services, taking into account estimated needs for military as well as civilian purposes. Such evaluation shall take into consideration the geographical distribution of requirements and under emergency conditions. Basically, they're covering all areas and having them be the eyes of what's going on in the entire population. 10. Claimancy is the same exact thing as the other executive orders. The Secretary shall prepare plans to claim materials, manpower, equipment, supplies, and services needed to carry out assigned responsibilities and other essential functions of the department from the appropriate agency and work with such agencies in developing programs and to ensure availability of such resources in an emergency. Okay, What that means is that they claim to do their work and they can do it. Section 11. Stockpiles. Secretary shall assist the Office of Emergency Planning in formulating and carrying out stockpiling of strategic and critical materials and survival items. Secretary shall also plan and direct procurement, storage, maintenance, inspection, survey, distribution, and utilization of essential supplies and equipment for emergency health services. Okay, that means even their reserves they get to control over. Our reserves, really, is what they're trying to do. Section 12, research. Within the framework of federal research objectives, the secretary shall supervise or conduct research in areas directly concerned with carrying out emergency preparedness responsibilities for health, education, and welfare programs with respect to the emergency health and welfare services assignment. That is defined as, but not limited to, okay. One, development of medical means for the prevention and care of casualties, including those from through thermonuclear weapons, radiation exposure, and biological and chemical warfare, as well as from other weapons. Two, Research in preventative medicines, basic biology, and environmental sanitation directed to maintaining the health of non-casualty non population. Three, pre-attack and post-attack target research in health services. Four, protection of resources and protocol essential to carrying out 
long-term basic and applied research in the post-attack period. Oh, and before I move on to number five, number three, pre-attack and post-attack target research and health services, meaning they get to procure people and research them, like <laughs> take them apart limb by limb, piece by piece. Part five, the development of techniques for the most efficient utilization of civilian health manpower. Designate representatives of necessary ad hoc or task force groups and provide us advice and assistance to the other agencies in planning for research in areas involving the department's interests. Basically covering every area for the research on how they can do and what they can do. Section 13, of course, is functional guidance. The secretary in carrying out the functions assigned in this order shall be guided by the following. Interagency cooperation. Secretary shall assume the initiative in developing joint plans for the coordination of emergency civilian health services and welfare services programs for other departments and agencies which have responsibility for any segment of such activities. He shall utilize to the maximum those capabilities of other agencies qualified to perform or assist in the performance of assigned functions by contractual or other agreements. Letter B, presidential coordination. Director of the Office of Emergency Planning shall advise and assist the President in determining policy for and assist him in coordinating the performance of functions under this order with the total national preparedness program. Saying that, yeah, the President has some control, but we control him. Again, we're talking about that, especially when it comes to emergency planning. Emergency plans, this is letter C of, sec <laughs> of that last section. Emergency plans and programs from emergency organization structure required thereby shall be developed as an integral part of the continuing activities of this Department of Health, Education, and Welfare on the basis that it will, be, it will have the responsibility for carrying out such programs during an emergency. Secretary shall be prepared to implement all appropriate plans developed under this order. Modifications and temporary organization changes based on emergency conditions will be in accordance with policy determination by the president. Okay, putting that little cherry on top there. We're putting in emergency actions. Nothing in this order shall be construed as conferring authority under Title III, <clears throat> excuse me, Title III of the Federal Civil Defense Act of 1950 as amended or otherwise to put into effect an emergency plan, procedure, policy, program, or course of action prepared or developed pursuant to this order. Such authority is reserved to the president. That's that little cherry on top, yeah. <laughs> Section 15, redelegation and... Section 16, prior actions. Redelegation, just saying, the secretary is hereby authorized to redelegate within the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare the functions here and above assigned to him. Section 16, prior actions, the extent of any inconsistency between the provisions of any prior order and the provisions of this order. Latter style control, emergency preparedness orders number four and five here to four, issued by the Director of Office of of Civil and Defense Mobilization 26FR656-658 are hereby revoked. Signed, John F. Kennedy, February 16th, 1962. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that being said, we just covered 10999, which is really... Operation Garden Plot, Operation Cable Splicer, Rex 84. All right. Then with Executive Order 11,000, which is the emergency preparedness, really, it's the control of labor. And then there is the control of health, welfare, and education, which is 11,001. Now, 
here is the cool part. You stuck around. You got to hear out exactly all the cool information that we're going to talk about that long-term generational wealth. You got it. Okay? Long-term generational wealth for our economic patterns of the elite. Before we get into that, we have to give our disclaimer. We are not licensed financial advisors. We are not licensed asset protection specialists. We are not licensed attorneys. We are not licensed tax accountants. And we are not licensed tax attorneys. Okay? Anything you have to do with your finances that are specialized by any of those specialists, please have them take care of that for you. We are just here to save you time so you can learn these concepts easier to move your life forward faster. So, that being said, we're going to go into our stock pick, JP Morgan. Stock symbol is JPM. Previous three weeks ago was $96.10 a share, and it's now at $97.32 a share, with speculation of going to 110 very soon in the next week or two because of their online services they're going to be doing. That is a possibility, but we're not here for that possibility. We're here for how it really plays out, which means that they play out by economic patterns. So this is a time that they're starting to profit back, what they're going to be doing. Now, in order for us to have a better system in the future, for us to actually build upon we need more sim- simplification of the system with less complications of building it. So if we, for instance, since it's very complicated to build a business, okay, not a lot of people understand that you have to do certain things in order to start a business because every type of business is different in what you do. So that means... It needs to be simplified, which is what we're doing here. Okay, We're simplifying the system instead of complicating on how to build it. So we went over the, the first six steps. And you can get that in the first six and seven episodes of season one. We go over that so you can go ahead and listen into that. But with that being said, here's our next look at for our actual economic patterns. We went ahead and we went into the Federal Reserve's system, original and simplified weekly balance sheet from 1914 to April 11th, 2018. It's as far forward as we could get it. And anyone can get it too. It's on Center for Financial Stability website. We went on there so that way you don't have to really do it. There's a few areas that are of of real interest. Okay. We're going to talk about resources and assets. Okay. We're then also going to go over liabilities, capital accounts, as well as some memo items. So first, of course, we're going to go over resources, assets, the gold and gold certificates. Okay. Here's the crazy thing. The Federal Reserve owns no gold whatsoever. The only gold that they have are gold certificate is a gold certificate account. A gold certificate account. Okay? Not gold certificates, but a gold certificate account. Okay? That's even less than holding any gold. Now, why is that 
why is it that we're hearing on the news that the feds are buying much more gold, the United States is buying more gold, but yet on the data here, since the beginning of its founding, okay, as of even though the gold certificate account started in 1934, it's the Federal Reserve started in 1913. So the earliest dates that we have for them having gold started in 1914. Started between 1914 to 1917. And they all ended about 1934. Except for when there was the gold redemption fund with the U.S. Treasurer or Treasury, and that ended in 1968. And gold with foreign agencies, that ended in 1921. So the only thing that they hold as of today are gold certificate account. This is a gold certificate account, which means that the treasury holds the gold and that the Federal Reserve just holds the account. That's all they hold. Now, what is interesting is that they also have legal tender notes, silver certificates, and subsidiary coins, as well as reserves. Okay. This means that they hold the silver side, the precious metal side, but not all of it. Okay. But here's the rub out. The highest amount that they have is 11,037 gold certificates in a gold certificate account, which is equivalent of $50 million. Okay. That's, that's a little part of their collateral. That's not enough. Okay. So then what we look at is total bills on hand. Okay. So it says legal tender notes. But down on that total bills on hand started in 1914 and ended in 1924. So then how do they have legal tender notes still continuing today as of 1914, but total bills on hand, they don't have any. Ah, that's that's curious. Well, hold on to your horses right there, or as Samuel L. Jackson puts it, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Here's the real rub out. So when, after 9-11 happened in 2002, the only federal, total federal agency obligations that have been held currently are bonds, medium and long-term bonds, as well as U.S. Treasury securities for inflation compensation. So really taxing the government upon what the federal government taxes the people. <laughs> so that's really curious. But here's also another curious thing, okay? The only thing that is of any significant value out of all this is going to be the total U.S. Treasury securities, mortgage-backed securities from the 2008 real estate crisis. They started in January 14th, 2009, and have continued to this day. As of right now, the current number is 1,754,369. That's 1,754,369 properties, which is worth... 
if we accumulate as to continuance as to 2020, is about $500 billion. That is exactly where their wealth is at. All right? And then in their investment portfolios arising from the Great Recession, starting in 2008 and 2009, which ended out in the latest of 2017, except for one of them, was a bailout. So the Fed's bailed out big business. And their liabilities, here's the really key thing. The bank, the Federal Reserve, and all the banks do not have any debt to the public. They don't own any, they don't have any that the public hold their debt, which is Federal Reserve bank notes. But as Federal Reserve notes in actual circulation, that is what is debt on the public to the banks. So we are liabilities. They are the asset because people continuously use their money, their paper dollars. And the other thing is items in process of collection eliminations from consolidation started around 9-11, as well as a few others such as total assets eliminations from consolidation, uh, deposits eliminations from consolidation, deposits with Federal Reserve Banks, other elimination, deferred availability of cash items, eliminations from consolidation, total liabilities, eliminations from consolidation. Which kind of seems like, why would they have that there? Huh. So, with that being said, we're going to give our free book here. The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck is actually a banned book in some states and some schools. Because it talks about the reality of the Great Depression, what someone would go through instead of the so-told so called story that they tell in school. So that's why we recommend The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck as a next book to go over. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and sign off right now. We appreciate everybody that listens in so much. And we always say that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Yeshua HaMashiach died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later, shedding his blood once and for all, so that way no one would have to drink human blood and eat penal glands to have fake eternal life when you can have real eternal life in peace and prosperity instead of the fake prosperity and peace that's being offered here on earth. But here at Truth and Love, we're not here to force our faith and beliefs upon anybody. We're here just to show the facts with the stories that align with people as well as the combination that we put together. With that being said, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Till next time. Peace out.